Eisenberry was tall and lean. This I could tell in spite of the fact that he did not get up to greet me. His long form, clothed in prison-issued khaki pants and a white T-shirt, was stretched out comfortably on his bed, the back of his head resting on his hands with his pillow propping him up just enough to have a clear view of anyone approaching his cell. In spite of the air of indifference suggested by his body language, his eyes sparked, alive and beguiling, tracking my movement, taking in every detail. He sneered and I had the disturbing sensation that he could see something beyond the physical. Like he knew some dark secret about me, and apparently he found it amusing. Not exactly sure who I had expected him to be, but the man before me didn't come close to anything I had imagined. I remained standing. Mr. Eisenbray? Hello, I'm Rebecca Reese. I'd like to speak with you. Is that all right? Pushing my hair back behind my ear, I felt a slight tremble in my fingers. But why? There was no sense to it. He was secured in his cell. He couldn't touch me. Ms. Rees, are you from the church? Are you here to witness to me? He asked, although I knew he'd been told exactly who was coming to visit him. No? Are you disappointed? I asked, standing tall, portraying more confidence than I felt. I suppose that depends on your intention for being here, he replied. He smirked and sat up, swinging his long legs over the side of his bed. You must be the writer, then. He scanned me up and down with a critical eye. Yes? I don't recognize your name. What have you written? I have three published novels, The Liar's Promise, Unto Me, and Epitaph. Are those true crime novels? No, they're thrillers. This will be my first non-fiction work. I tried to steady my breath, but I felt like a five-year-old being questioned by the teacher after I'd been caught doing something naughty. He looked nonplussed. Oh, good. Do you want to practice on me? I've sold a lot of books. My agent asked me to do this because she felt I was the best person to write about you. As he leaned forward, the cast of the overhead light illuminated his face, making an impact that caught me off guard. Everyone in Washington State and beyond had seen this man's likeness countless times in photos and video clips of him sitting in a courtroom or being escorted down a courthouse hallway wearing shackles and orange coveralls flanked by guards on either side. His capture and murder trials had been prominent in the news from December of 2001 through September of 2003, albeit in the shadow of 9-11. But the photos hadn't done justice to his striking features. The artful arch of his eyebrows over the wide-set, almond-shaped eyes, the perfectly sculpted nose, the full lips curling into a wicked grin. Everyone else I had seen today seemed so dull and bland by comparison, almost as if we were in a black-and-white movie and he was the only character filmed in color. Eisenbray ran his fingers through his dark, chin-length hair as he pondered me. With his nearly black hair, blue eyes, and somewhat fair complexion, he looked like someone my grandparents would have described as Black Irish. The good-looking killer finally said, I'll read your books. 
and then I'll decide whether or not you're the best person to write about me. I took a measured breath, trying to quell the dislike that had already started to rise in me, but it was no use. Control freaks just irritated the shit out of me. I found myself glaring at him in spite of my nervousness. Look, Rebecca, you seem like a nice kid, but I think they should have sent someone with a little more experience, don't you? The sudden increase in tension gave me the urge to throw something, but instead I let my breath out slowly. How dare he insinuate that I am inexperienced? I'd been a published author for seven years, and I was able to support myself on the income from my novels for the last five, a feat that the vast majority of writers would never accomplish. I didn't need to sell my qualifications to this cretin.